Live at 5, Sports of Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. A magnificent and at times frustrating performance from Anthony Edwards last night. I mean, they're not in control of that game for as much of the time as they are, although it was back and forth without him. At the same time, it got to be a little hero ball at the end of regulation from Edwards that could have cost him. Yeah, he, he was spectacular. He was highly productive. He had big shots. He also, you know, he got to a point where he, he was succeeding at hero ball and he thought he could just throw up anything, and that didn't work out in certain situations. Um, so it wasn't perfect. And, and that's the interesting thing here is that they are now 4-2. They just, they, on this homestand, they beat Miami, although without Jimmy Butler, but a very well-coached team and a tough team to play against. They beat the defending champs, and now they beat a 5-0 Celtics team with Jason Tatum playing great. Um, and it's not perfect offensively. It just isn't. Um, They're winning these games with defense and with enough clutch offensive play. Edwards gave them a great boost in the fourth quarter. Jaden McDaniels, after a terrible start, was spectacular when they need buckets. Mike Conley was clutch. Uh, so you really feel like this team is as good defensively as I've seen the Timberwolves be since, they, since Kevin Garnett was in his prime. And the offense is still clunky. Uh, Towns was terrible offensively last night, but he put up a fight defensively. Edwards was spotty, but productive. McDaniel started slow, but hit big shots. I feel like the offense is not there yet, and they're still, overall, they look like a very formidable team because they do have offensive talent, and the defense has been spectacular. They're the number one, they're the number one defensive team in the NBA right now. Yeah, that's what I was thinking was their defensive rating is really high. And Boston is averaging 126 a game going into last night, and they had 101 at the end of regulation. Uh, And they talked about they're a big team. Play like it. Be physical. Rebound. Do things like that. And if they can buy into that type of identity, they can, you know, overcome some offensive struggles. Yeah, there are a few things going on here. Number one, Gobert. It's pretty obvious that he was hurting last year. He just did not move well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if, if your body's beat up and if you have some leg problems, you're probably going to catch the ball as well as you should. And we saw a lot of that last year. Uh, this year, listen, no, and the other thing is that Finch isn't trying to force him the ball. You know, he really thought the right way to incorporate Gobert last year was to force the ball to him. That did not work. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, they're saying, hey, Rudy, just do what you did. Um, do what you did when we traded for you. Uh, dominate defensively, get every rebound he can, and dunk the ball when, when you can. Um, and Gobert is right now playing like the three-time defensive player of the, the year that we, you know, that the Wolves were getting and we all thought we would be watching. He has been excellent defensively. Towns is not a great defensive player, but he's making a real effort on that end, and he's a big guy with long arms. He's making a difference. Connolly has been great defensively. McDaniels has been great defensively. Edwards is a good defensive player. I think he can get better, but he's, he's a strong guy who's active. Uh, Kyle Anderson's excellent defensively. Shake Milton, although he's in a slump right now, is capable defensively. Um, you know, Nasri, kind of like Towns, not necessarily a great defender, but he's a big body, and those are always useful. But a lot of this is coaching, you know, just getting these guys to buy in, get them to play together, get them to be connected on the defensive end, um, and it's impressive. Towns fouled out then in the overtime. He was frustrated by it, and he showed his frustration at several points during the course of the game. That isn't real productive for him. No, and uh, and sometimes he complained about calls that were absolutely fouls. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think the play he fouled out on, he complained about, he, he raked the guy across the arms. It was mm-hmm. a foul. 
Um, so he is frustrated right now. He is not playing to his capabilities offensively, and he's forcing it. And the fact that he's not playing to his capabilities offensively seems to be frustrating him. So every foul call feels like persecution instead of just a pitch against a call that went against him. Um, he needs to get past this. Uh, number one, again, I, I do give him credit for playing defense, and it's necessary and it's important. He's a great offensive player who is not playing well offensively right now. Mm-hmm. My guess is that will come to an end at some point. I just did a podcast with John Krasinski where I suggested, you know, one, maybe one way to break him out um, is to put him in the corner. You know, he's a great three-point shooter. He's not shooting well right now. Give him the easiest possible three-point shot where people are going to be either having to let him take the short three-point shot or they're going to have to run at him and he can blow by them. And see, just give him a different look right now because right now he's too much in his own head. Yeah. Uh, nonetheless, a couple of big wins on the homestand so far uh, for the Timberwolves. And then they uh, they get New Orleans Pelicans uh, with or without Zion Williamson. He's playing so far, but you never know when somebody is going to take a day off in the NBA. Right. Yeah, yeah. which is too bad. Yeah. Uh, so the Twins gave a qualifying offer to Sonny Gray. Does that change anything for them? It, it means that if he signs elsewhere for a lot of money, which I think he will, they will get a compensatory draft pick following the first round, which is a big deal. Yeah. Those are good picks. So it's really a clerical thing more than anything else. It doesn't mean they're, you know, listen, would they love to have Sonny Gray? Yes. Are they going to outbid the St. Louis Cardinals or are they going to give them like $40 million a year? I don't think so. There are uh, some kind of maybe not as, as qualified free agents in the past who've received qualifying offers, they accept it, that's a one-year deal then, or they yep. don't get signed, and then they had to wait. Now, they've changed the rules, I think, more recently about that. Wasn't that one of the Players Association main beefs with the qualifying offers? They had guys yes. not getting offers because teams didn't want to cough up the draft pick? Yes. Uh, I don't have that rule in front of me right now, but it isn't the way it was, which was pretty punitive on the players. Yeah. Uh, you know, with, with Gray... The way it's going to play out is that yeah they offered him one year deal about twenty million dollars if he you know got no good offers in free agency he'd come back here and pitch for twenty million dollars that's not going to happen yeah. he's coming off a great year Cardinals want him Cardinals will overpay for him the Twins will get a first round draft pick and then and I really think if you look it's pretty logical not pretty obvious Twins have a lot of position playing talent right now they have a lot of young position playing talent they have prospects who are good prospects who may never crack the line up here. Um, my guess is they're going to do what they have been doing ever since they got here, and they'll trade some of their young position playing talent for a pitcher. Yeah, which they've had success with, certainly mm-hmm. uh, uh, in the past. Uh, your column that uh, came out last night on the website and came out in this morning's edition so it's about uh, the funniest-sounding Minnesotan ever in Eric Van Royen. He's a yep. South African, actually, played for the Gophers, and, and he won on the PGA Tour this weekend, which is great for him, and he had a special uh, kind of cause in his mind, too. Yeah, he, uh, so he stayed very close with his Gopher teammates. Uh, Alex Gogart is his caddy. He played with him at Minnesota. His best friend is John Trasmar, who uh, really welcomed him in Minnesota. He ended up rooming with him for three to four years, always stayed in touch. John is a mini-tour player. Uh, John has been dealing with melanoma. It isn't going well. It doesn't look like he has long to live. And here's Eric Van Royen right at the bottom of the FedEx Cup standings, playing for his tour card, playing for a chance to be relevant next year. And he wins the tournament. He shoots a 28 on the back nine on Sunday, makes an eagle putt on the 18th hole to beat Matt Kuchar by two strokes, and then cries during the post-game, post-round interview and talks about John Trasmar, how he played with you know, the initials JT on his ball, 
uh, that, you know, he, he broke down after Friday's round thinking about John, um, that it was both motivation. You know, it's, it's weird how sports and psychology can work. Mm-hmm. It obviously motivated John's plight, motivated him, and at the same time made him realize that, you know, maybe golf isn't that important. Now, of course, it's his livelihood. Of course, it's important in its own way. But it kind of took him out of his head where he, you know, instead of thinking about his mechanics or something like that, he felt like he was just playing for his buddy. And then, uh, you know, we don't know exactly. I I did not pry, so I don't know exactly what happened, but he was planning on flying from Mexico to uh, Mayo Clinic yesterday Mm -hmm. to uh, spend time with John. Yeah, well, yeah, it's uh, uh, a good story, but uh, sad at the same time. Sad. Certainly, yeah, very sad. Is is Josh Dobbs the quarterback for the Vikings the rest of the season? Uh, it, until further notice, yeah. Um, <laughs> right. and, and and listen, I thought Hall hand, Hall handled. I told you last week, I didn't expect much of him. I thought yeah. he handled himself really well. Mm-hmm. But Dobbs is, you know, Dobbs has experience. He's just coming off an incredibly inspirational victory. He has leadership talent. Uh, he has skills. He, you know, he's mobile. Um, so, you know, they're going to give him a run, see what happens here. And, and listen, who, I don't think anybody knows it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, as incredible as his performance under the circumstances was last Sunday, now the task changes. Now he has to go play a team that is preparing specifically for him. Hmm. It's a different – It's you know, what he did last week was probably harder, but this is, this is the kind of challenge that separates – true starting quarterbacks from backups. Can you handle a defense that has prepared for you all week? That'll be the challenge this week. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports at Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.